Welcome to a hilarious and informative show hosted by Mitch Adams of Wrestle Royalty. The worlds of comic book related media and pro wrestling intersect in various ways. Both tell stories, while everyone involved wears tight, colorful outfits that would make circus performers blush. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleRoyalty.com and Harley Quinn Memes on Facebook proudly present Storytelling in Spandex. Hello everybody and welcome to Storytelling in Spandex. I'm of course your host, Mitch Adams, and it's my absolute pleasure to have here the Editor-in-Chief of Monthly Pure So Be nice guys, he's kind of my boss, Mr. Tom Fane. Tom, how you going buddy? I'm doing well, Mitch. Thank you so much for having me. Let's get this going. Absolutely. Let's get straight stuck into it. Um, where did the inspiration for Monthly Pure E2 come from? I mean, we've had a bunch of questions about this. So, Yep. So, uh, you know, we tweeted it out a couple of days ago from our account. Well, my account, the Puro Reporter, which started as NJPW Reporter. I, I created the handle at a live event in um, 2018, I believe late 2018 here in L.A., uh, and uh, I just wanted to tweet some short clips of some of the action because I had some pretty close uh, ringsides, not quite ringsides, but about four rows back from the action. And uh, here and there, I've got some wrestlers engaged with me. But about this time last year, it's been about a year ago, TJ Perkins and I had a really long, good, thorough conversation about uh, the state of Japanese wrestling. I thought, man, it'd be cool to publish this. But I didn't like any of the websites. Everything I saw out there was a bunch of, uh, you know, like clickbait and a bunch of rumors and people trying to hop on trends and not really doing their due diligence. There was no real, I guess, like reporting. So in the vein of Bill After, uh, as you know, as you pointed out, you've been working with me and one of my top writers here for the magazine for the past six months. Uh, he, Bill After, inspired me. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, if anybody had been doing this. So uh, I, I created uh, what I thought would be cool. And it just so happens that it's, it's surged in popularity and other people think it's cool too. Absolutely. And for people who not, do not know, Bill Apter was a uh, longtime editor in chief of Pro Wrestling Illustrated and he uh, edited and was ahead of many other pro wrestling magazines in America, which kept basically everything in kayfabe. And it was, and all these magazines were known throughout the industry as Aptamag. So bit of knowledge for you guys. Um, one question that you and I get a lot is, uh, why is monthly pure Risu not actually monthly so far? We've been putting out quarterly editions. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, as you know, uh, because I crack the whip sometimes it's a bit hard for us to, uh, publish these things. It's, it's costly. It takes a lot of time and we're all working outside of our regular day jobs. So the title of course is aspirational. You and I both want to get there. The rest of our team, Nick, Steven, Sam, everybody wants to get to monthly. So uh, we've, got, we've got some surprises in store as far as some, some new relationships and partnerships that might help, help us get there. New relationships and partnerships. Hmm. Can we give people a little bit of hint about those relationships or partnerships? I'm scheduled to go out to Tokyo uh, sometime in a couple of months. So let's just you know, let's wait and see what comes of that. Uh, I, I've got high hopes. And of course, we are working on a special edition. By the time this podcast releases, we will have some news on that shortly. Absolutely. And we're very proud of this next special edition as well. You guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, 
as you know, this podcast is about all the ways pro wrestling and comic book writer media mix. But for some reason, you're not into comic books. Why? I don't know, but I digress. So instead, we'll talk a bit about Magna. You know, and all the ways in that uh, form of Japanese comic books that spreads throughout Pure Isu. I mean, Jushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask were, of course, um, inspired by Magna, Magna and anime characters. Um, in the world of my expertise, Joshi Pure Isu, uh, there's a lot of Magna in, uh, in, in influence there. So how about you share with us some of your favourite Magnas? Uh, well, you know, as a kid, uh, and of course we call it manga here in the, in the U S as a kid, I, I didn't read them. My best friend was from Asia and he always had them around the house. I watched a lot of the, um, earlier, uh, we had a program called Toonami here. Basically a localization team would, uh, spin everything into English and so, uh, like, you know, 11, 12 years old, back in the mid, late 90s, I would watch, like, Inuyasha, um, Dragon Ball Z, all the, you know, all the basic ones, Gundam Wing, um, you know, Outlaw Star, Cowboy Bebop, and then I would rent the VHS tapes, whatever I could find, Princess Mononoke's, uh, Akira, well, the minute I discovered Akira, you know, it was about the time the NWO was around in wrestling, and it was edgy, it was cool, it was kind of dark. And uh, so I was, I was kind of also hitting that moment of adolescence. So um, I can't say I watch just a whole lot of, of anime now, and I definitely don't read a lot of manga. But uh, yeah, but I, I guess I could definitely see where there's, a, there's an, a, a crossover appeal. And like you know, we've talked to some wrestlers, and they will base their appearance or their uh, persona or uh, their wrestling ring gear off of superheroes because the the two worlds are so closely intertwined which um of course when you go to japanese wrestling they're looking more to to anime for inspiration absolutely anime and make and magna or maga as you as you guys called i'm probably butchering that pronunciation but never mind um now and like, and like i said it, you were a wcw fan back in the day right so yep yeah so yeah I, I, the best example I can give is a lot of crossovers between you know, the worlds of comic books and pro wrestling is uh, Sting, Crow Sting, which is, of course, oh, yeah. knockoff of the Crow, Brandon Lee's yep. Crow. So. Yeah, I thought he was so cool. I actually drew Sting on my hand before every day at school. I mean, I couldn't have a tattoo. I was like 12 years old, but I I loved uh, Crow Sting. And, uh, um, you know, some people who are into Japanese wrestling, like the shoot style, or they, they like the more serious, strong style. But uh, one thing that, you know, uh, I love about new Japan is they mix some of these kind of otherworldly gimmicks with the more sports centric kind of serious style of wrestling. And WCW, I think did that really well too, until it kind of went off the rails. Um, I actually became a fan of WWF really early, uh, like 1990. And uh, it wasn't until, uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash jumped ship and I just kind of followed them there. And then I caught on to those, that cruiserweight division. I loved, you know, Jushin Liger when he would come over Ultimo Dragon, who our friend Sonny Ono would bring out to the ring and with all of his belts and the crazy high spots and the fast action, that, that was something that really grabbed my attention. And um, of course, Chris Jericho was in that scene. Well, when Chris Jericho goes over to WWF, uh, the Lionheart fan that I was, uh, the Jericho-holic that I was, I, I I switched back over to WWF. That was about 99. And I watched it for a few years until I just kind of, 
you know, got out of wrestling for a while. Now, I don't, a lot of people seem to got out of wrestling after the Monday Night War, and a lot of people have gotten yep. out as WWF turned to WWE and became over the last 15 years, became a bit meh. But <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's a good way that's, that's that. We could, we could talk about that for hours on end. So, yeah. but you know, I was always a WCW fan, uh, first and foremost. My first introduction to pro wrestling was via WCW. Just a short story for you guys here. Um, uh, Australia didn't get pay television, cable television, whatever you want to call it, until 1995. Oh, wow. And there was a co-thing between uh, Rupert Murdoch's 20th Century Fox, uh, Murdoch, but I digress, and a telecom company here called Telstra. And one of the first big channels that they had, and this was very clever by them, was Cartoon Network. So they got kids involved. But after about 7 o'clock, Cartoon Network would turn into... TNT, and huh. and uh, I remember late one night, uh, my father was browsing, and I asked him to put on Cartoon Network because I didn't know about the seven o'clock thing, and know that he, and on came on, I believe, and if it wasn't one of the first episodes of Nitro, it was probably one of the, maybe the third or fourth, and I saw Sting, and this was pre Crow Sting, you know the, you know the blonde oh. mop top, and the, you know the the fast pain, the California Surfer thing, and. He's going, oh, and then you had um, Lex Luger coming out and he looked like a real-life yep. superhero. He had those massive arms and long hair. And they were wrestling the Rye Warriors. And they came out in full man max gear on motorcycles. And when you were like, I was, how old was I? When you were like a three, four-year-old kid, your jaws on the floor because these dudes are real-life superheroes. And so, you know, I keep carping And they still it. are to a lot of kids. So. Exactly. And I keep harping about this, but it really is true. For a lot of children, pro wrestling is essentially real life superhero stuff, which is why yep. I always make the comparison. So it's just, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Man, we could go on going on this forever, but how about oh, we WCW, still go back to yeah, monthly pure research? Because you we have managed to get a lot of really cool interviews in our short time frame here. What would you say would be your favorite interview that you did for Monthly Pure Risu? Um, It's got to be Yuji Nagata because it all came together last minute. And uh, New Japan had, eh, they kind of like knew about me, but weren't too thrilled about the magazine, I guess, right at first. So to then kind of, for us to kind of do our thing and I guess for them to be watching from a distance, and then, of course, I had the two Fight TV um, roundtable that I was a, an analyst on that helped, uh, helped, helped me get to know s- some more people behind the scenes. And uh, Sonny Ono specifically, who is still close with Yuji Nagata, as you know from being a WCW fan, the, the two would come out together on TV a lot uh, back on Nitro. So they still have a relationship to this day. And Sonny, you know, said, why don't you do something on Yuji? He's there in LA. You've got to do something with, with Yuji Nagata. He's going to be on, uh, he's going to be on TNT. This is before the news broke, but uh, I didn't want to uh, push, push any boundaries or anything. Um, but, but thankfully everybody was really cool. Um, New Japan's PR department helped uh, patch us together and it all came together probably 48 hours before um, before he flew to Jacksonville. So that's yeah. got to be the coolest. Wow, that's, yeah, that's amazing, man. Talk about last minute. Holy dooly. 
Um, yeah, because yeah, Yuji Nagata is, of course, an absolute living legend. He's blue justice after all. So I think even though we've had a bunch of really cool interviews so far and, you know, you te- we teased uh, the upcoming issue with some really cool interviews in there. You guys are really going to check that those out. But I have to agree. I think Yuji Nagata was probably our biggest coup so far. Yeah. yeah absolutely, man. Um, Where, well, I mean, I still can't get the- over the fact that it took... That, that happened that quickly. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, it all came together very, especially considering they're in Tokyo, uh, the PR department with New Japan. And uh, Rocky Romero helped helped uh, facilitate that as well. So credit to Rocky. Um, so, yeah, I, I look forward to hopefully doing, you know, uh, Satoshi Kojima's coming over. I would love to do, uh, just putting this out there in the world, but I would love to do something with him. Um, these guys, uh, not just Gaijin's, because the Gaijin's know of, our, the, of the magazine and they follow the, my Twitter. And they're typically down to DM at least a little bit here and there. Uh, but having, uh, having a proper Q&A with some of these guys in Japan, I think is really, really cool. So I'm hoping to get to do more of that. Definitely by the time Summer Edition rolls around, I'm going to lock down a couple more. Absolutely. Stay tuned, guys. It's going to be fun. I think... I should put something up here to embarrass you a little bit because I think that my first recollections of finding you on Twitter was, um, <laughs> I, how did this come about? Because if I recall correctly, you were asked by New Japan to try to uh, demonstrate uh, the uh, Chromecast app for New Japan World, were you not? Oh, no, they didn't ask me. So I don't remember how that happened. Uh, and that's actually how I think, Rocky and I became connected as well because it, I think he retweeted it after he realized it was helping some people out. There were people that wanted to watch Road to Summer Struggle last year, yeah. I believe it was. And it, it's kind of, and this is also kind of when my light bulb went off for the magazine, it's daunting for new fans. Fans see GIFs or clips or you see read headlines on the internet about New Japan and they'll see a picture of Shingo Takagi or Minoru Suzuki or whoever, Rainmaker, and they think, well, that's pretty cool. I might like to watch that. But once they get to the website, it's just like, it's just too much for some people, some new fans, some, some people that are, you know, they, may, they have their habits. They have the routines. They can just flip on TNT and watch AEW Dynamite. They can just flip on and watch Raw, and that's super easy. But to stream Japanese wrestling, I realized was like kind of hard for some people. Yeah, I thought it would be cool to demonstrate uh, how to stream on New Japan World. Their app is definitely confusing the way it syncs to the website and the casting it from the website via the app to the TV is also kind of confusing. Even for somebody that's done it over and over, it can like you can it can trip up if you do the steps out of order. So I just decided to create that video to help some new fans. Awesome, mate. And for people who don't know, you can watch New Japan World via, uh, obviously, online via uh, via your computer, on your phone or tablet, iPad. You can obviously obviously use um, Apple AirPlay to do your Apple streaming device. And it's also available on uh, uh, Amazon Fire Stick and Fire Cube. And, you know, you can also use the Chromecast app, as Tom has explained. Okay. We're not getting paid by New Japan for that. Well, believe me, we wish we were. We're just going to help you guys out. So... (laughs) It would be um, nice, but no. And so, you know, obviously a monthly peer read, so obviously the inspiration was firstly via New Japan, but uh, what other yeah. promotions that you enjoy watching? Uh, 
Well, I mean, Noah's cool. They've they've been around a long time. They've got some guys that I'm intrigued by. Dragon Gate more recently. Uh, they're they're a little bit uh, steeper price wise. Of course, you can go to our website, our brand new website, and wa- uh, figure out how to stream Dragon Gate or Noah or any of these others. But dragongate.com, guys. Monthlypureracu.com. Check us out. And uh, you can. Um, you can see the influence of Ultimo Dragon, that cruiserweight style that we were just talking about from Nitro um, is just quadrupled. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's really exciting and, and really intriguing to me. Everybody's in masks and some of the guys have aggressively Japanese names and it can be hard at first to figure out who's who, but they're all in different factions, which is why our managing editor, uh, Nicholas Gertz, will be putting together a series on factions in Japan. So new fans, it can be, you know, difficult to get into the, these different promotions. I myself am still pretty new to Dragon Gate, but right now it's, it's especially with their tournament they have is, is the most exciting to me. Mm. Now, obviously I'm a massive New Japan fan, but I'm also, obviously uh, I, I, my role within the magazine is essentially to write about Joshi, which is of course, Japanese female pro wrestling. My favorite uh, company is World Wonder Ring Stardom. And, I uh, just want a bit of quick shout out here today. Obviously, uh, there was a tribute pay per view to the late great Hannah Kimura. Uh, I'm watching that later today. I would also encourage anybody listening to check that out. Uh, all the proceeds for that show will go to Hannah's mother, who is creating a uh, foundation, an anti bullying foundation. So please check that, that out, guys. Um, obviously, big fan of stardom. I also enjoy Tokyo Joshi Pro. I find uh, no, they've got some amazing athletes there. Uh, but uh, I can't stand DDT, as you know. So. <laughs> I, I actually really like DDT. And talking to Chris Brooks the other day was also very cool and very sporadic uh, and, and came together quickly, just as quickly as the Yuji Nagata interviews. So that was cool. I, I appreciate their wonky brand of entertainment. You know, I like going down to what we call Little Kyoto here in L.A. It's like a, it's a long road of Japanese-run... Um, like retail chains and ramen shops and sushi shops and bars and restaurants. And, um, you know, they have their own, they have their own sense of humor um, in, in pop culture. And I think that DDT kind of captures the entertainment, uh, uh, you know, end of the spectrum for sure. And it's different than something you'd see in WWE. It's just very different. There's some things that are, yeah, they're cringe and you might have to, uh, as you're streaming fast forward, but they've got some incredible in-ring talent as well. So yeah. I like Diddy too. That's a, there are, I'm not going to lie. There are some incredible uh, performers in DDT, but I could do without some of the stuff uh, Dishiako Dono and Antonio Hondo do, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 yeah. That, that's the cringe stuff that you've mentioned. <laughs> it yeah, it could be a little much. I digress. Well, I think we are just about ready for the trademark of this podcast. It's called, of course, Inside the Spandex, where we dive, deep dive into our guests' uh, love of pro wrestling and comic books, although probably more pro wrestling on your side, but we'll get straight stuck into it here. Yeah, I showed you these questions earlier and you came up with, already came up with some pretty interesting answers, and, but now we get to record them as intended. So here we go. We'll just start straight off. Who is your favorite pro wrestler? Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada. Great answer. Who is Best your favorite in the world. character? 
Batman. He's the only comic book character I ever liked as a kid. I had all of his action figures. I have the Batmobile. I watched Batman Beyond, um, uh, the cartoon in the 90s. And, and I, I, I loved the Christopher Nolan trilogy. And, and that's like, that's my one superhero guy. Fair enough. What is your favorite annual wrestling event? Wrestle Kingdom. I should have figured. <laughs> what is your favorite comic book film and or TV show? The Dark Knight. Good choice. Good choice. Here we go. This is a good one. Name a wrestling move you wish you could do. Uh, I always thought moonsault was cool. So I'd like to be able to do a moonsault or put somebody into it, knock somebody down and throw them into a sharpshooter, I guess. You really can't do a sharpshooter. I used to do that one in the schoolyard and got, got suspended. For I it. mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's like the way you hook the, your arm under the, under the ankles. It can be kind of tricky. I tried to throw one on my roommate after a few too many craft beers uh, about a year ago. <laughs> and he said, no, that's not how you do it. And he, sh- he definitely showed me. He cracked my back. So that was fun. <laughs> had a quick chiropractic adjustment, did you? Yeah, exactly. I had to get the adjustment. Name a superpower you wish you had. I'm a huge believer in predictive intelligence as a marker of, of somebody's, uh, you know, ability to make their mark on the world. So power of prediction or I guess having like 99% foresight. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one before. Would you rather take a chop from Walter or a punch from Wolverine? I mean, I don't want to get my face all scrapped up from those claws. So I'm guessing uh, I'll have to take the chop and get knocked on my, uh, my, my, my rear. Yeah, I mean that I would have to say the chop too. Although, although with my complexion, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be marked out for a bit. <laughs> Okay, uh, who is more twisted? This is a, a multiple choice question. Who is more twisted? A, the Joker, B, Loki, C, Minoru Suzuki, or D, Pagano? Uh, I'm not sure about Pagano, but I know the Joker and Loki are, uh, you know, essentially sociopathic, power-hungry, twisted Mines. Um, so I got to go with one of those. Probably the Joker. Nora Suzuki, Suzuki, honorable too. mention. But he's got his Instagram too, where he's always having fun fishing. And he's wearing his bucket hats and his, you know, I'm like, he seems like. You, cool you haven't watched the Harley Quinn animated series. Joker's doing the same thing on social media, but never mind. <laughs> oh, okay. News to me. It's all good, man. Yeah, but look, I mean, just quick sidebar. You said you had uh, you wanted to see um the Joaquin Phoenix Joker film, but you have not seen it yet. No, I haven't. I need to yeah set aside some time. I am really bad about streaming movies and TV, or really good depending on your perspective. But I don't watch a whole lot of them. I would strongly suggest you watch the uh, uh, that film. Um, it's actually not as comic uh, book inspired as people think. Uh, it's it actually draws a lot of cues from Taxi Driver the 1978 oh, wow. Robert De Niro film. I would highly recommend people watch it, even if you're not a comic book fan. It's an absolutely yeah. unbelievable film. Okay, back to the questionnaire here. Who's funnier? A, Deadpool. B, Harley Quinn. C, R-Truth. D, Toriano. I mean, R-Truth is pretty funny, but uh, uh, I think I got to go with Yano. Yeah, he's funniest man in wrestling, let's be honest. 
he, he, he doesn't yeah, look he's, he's, Come on. He doesn't take it too far either. He's just the no. right, right dose of comedic action. Exactly. I mean, those, those matches he had last year with Suzuki had me splitting because I, I would never think Suzuki would work that type of match. So. Uh-uh. Man. Yeah, t- a tale of two different styles. Uh, that just goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how New Japan really has a nice blend of pretty much everything. Absolutely. It's not, you know, straight up old school pure risu. They have they have the mix of all the different styles of pure risu. They've even done death matches once upon a time, although that was a very long yeah. time ago and they were pretty tame compared to what uh, FMW was doing, but still. Yeah. And final question, what's a pro wrestling and comic book media crossover you would love to see? Uh, you know, pro wrestling and comics always screams to me CM Punk. And he, I probably would not be here today if I had not have caught on to him. Uh, many, many, many years after I stopped watching pro wrestling, somebody sent me a YouTube link of the Pipe Bomb promo. And uh, I tuned in probably to the big four pay-per-views until he checked out when they brought Batista in to win that Royal Rumble. And then I checked right out with him. But I, I was always amazed at his in- innovativeness and his ingenuity and uh, speaking of pro wrestling podcasts, the last one I may have listened to is the one he did uh, with, with Colt Cabana right Ooh, after he left the company. It's been a while. Yeah, I don't listen. I, I'm really, you know, I'm not, I'm always so busy creating things. I have a hard time sometimes setting aside time to, you know, listen to shoot interviews or whatever. But uh, that was a really good one. And, uh, you know, before that, his WWE documentary that was, uh, it was pretty inspiring to me. I was I, in my twenties. I, I started my career as a music journalist, a lot of late nights, a lot of partying. And for some reason he was just kind of like that catalyst. I needed to clean up my act, get into the gym um, and, and that sort of thing. So I would love to see um, some version of CM Punk get back into the wrestling ring, but bring that love for comics, the world of comics with him. Um, you know, he's written some, he's, he's, yes. um, He's got, I think, for guys like me whose careers he's inspired, and I'd like to think I'd done pretty well for, my sp- for myself, especially after, you know, hitting the weights and getting, getting my fitness life together, which, which he was, again, the, 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 the spark for for me. I think he owes it to guys uh, that he inspired um, to kind of let us watch him go out on his own terms. So I have had on. this recurring uh, uh, a fantasy for a while now of like, you know, next time AEW or New Japan hit to Chicago, uh, we hear um, a cult of personality here and he just oh, comes man. out and just does something, anything. So, yeah, the, the, there's got, there's certain people like you and I that would just mark out hardcore, but there's also, I think, a, a brand new fan base that's not even aware of who he is. The calls for him to come back to wrestling were really, really strong for a long time, but they've really kind of died out. He's been out of the spotlight for what, seven years now. Think about the amount that changed between 1993 and the year 2000. That's how long he's been gone. Uh, Going back to new generation WWF through the attitude era. And then the year 2000 comes and Vince McMahon's already ready to buy out his competition. A lot changes in seven years. So he's been out of the game a while. I think he owes it to fans and to himself. I, you know, this is just my opinion. He, He's got his own life. He's got his own wife and he's got, he's got to run his business um, and he could do probably whatever he wants right now. But I think it would be really cool to see him come back to the squared circle for a year or two and bring some, some comic book influence with him. 
Yeah, well, he was always very comic book inspired, coming out to the ring, chanting, shouting, it's clobbering time, which is, of course, the uh, catchphrase of the thing from Fantastic Four. Um, also, you mentioned his wife, AJ Lee. I should mention that she's writing comic books now with uh, the actor, actor Amy Garcia, who some people know from Lucifer fame, and there's also a voice actor on the new Marvel series, Modoc. Uh, check out those guys and stuff. And you're right, I think CM Punk, if anything, just to give himself a happier ending in the pro wrestling world, just to come back and give himself a bit of a, a nicer goodbye than the one he got uh, in WWE. I think that would be, it would be a nice feather in his cap, I'd say. Uh, yeah. I mean, all the respect in the world for, to, to, for fans, you know, I don't know if he thinks very much of us, but uh, he, he, like I said, he's inspired me and now we're printing, we're going to print 400 magazines next month. So there's no CM Punk, there's no monthly Purisu because I may have never gotten back into wrestling. I may have never caught on to the Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho feud. Uh, so I think it would be really cool. Yeah, he's got he's, he's to gotta make one more run at it before he gets you know, into his mid-late 40s and, and that, that window closes, I think. That would be really cool, be really inspiring um, you know, to know that he's still got it in him. Absolutely. Well, I think that just about wraps things up here on this episode of Storytelling in Spandex. Tom Thane, I'm very happy that you came on board to do this. Um, obviously, uh, check out monthlypureissue.com and you can order the magazine from there, new issues and backdated issues there as well. Tom, anything else you want to plug while, we, while we're still here? No, man, I, I just wanted to say this is a really cool idea you've got going. Let's, let's do it again sometime and I look forward to you educating me on the world of comics. Thank you very much, good sir. See us, see you around, guys. Too sweet, us. Thank you very much for listening. Too sweet.